you know, it, it's, it's, it's fun in the Philippines. You know, as the commercial goes, it's fun in the Philippines. And um, I had opportunity to go to different places. Um, it was not rest and recreation. It was a missions week. But um, been to Cebu, right? Went swimming in Cebu. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, in Cebu, the first, the first thing that I did when, um, when the plane landed was, of course, think of what I should be doing. And then the person who picked me up asked me, Pastor, what do you want to do? I said, you know what? I want to go to, I want to, go to our house when we were small because not many people knew that, you know, uh, we stayed in Cebu when we were like grade school. So I asked the driver to drive me to this place. I know exactly what it is. And he brought me there. And I, my wife was uh, with me. And my intention was to show my wife where we lived when we were like grade four, grade five, grade six, or something like that. So I, I showed him the house. And this was the house, okay? And what really shocked me was that it is now a church, okay? It says the Church of Christ. Can you see at the back? I wanted to get in, but it was locked. Obviously, they use it only on Sundays. But God has a sense of humor, for me at least, okay? Because it was in that house that I decided to be worldly. I decided that I will not be poor because it was in that house that gave me a lot of sufferings, meaning I pumped water when I was small, kaya hindi ako lumaki, Okay? You know, I had bicycle and everything like that. It was good, but it was in that house that I told myself I will never, ever be poor. And I decided to be like, you know, a man of the world. But you see, as God would put it, he made that place a church. Isn't God wonderful? Amazing, huh? And then, of course, I went to, uh, sp- to, to speak in CCF Cebu, uh, a very rich, uh, I guess, uh, CCF plant, church plant. And they were having their, their worship service in, in Marriott. And um, that guy who's got no hair is Pastor Steve C. Okay? He's, uh, he's, uh, he's, he was my D12 before he moved to Cebu. And he asked me to join them. And it was a wonderful experience altogether. And then, uh, while in Cebu, he gave us a transportation service. Okay? That's the banka. Uh, because he, he wanted us to go to Bohol to visit, you know, uh, Romy and Susan. And we went to Bohol. And in Bohol, you know, I was just fascinated by the work that our uh, brother Romy and sister Susan are doing there. And, you know, God has, you know, uh, has many wonderful things in Cebu. Um, he showed me this, that, you know, if you want coffee in Cebu, okay, you have to bend the coffee beans, okay? And it says, bending machine, okay? <laughs> Available here. Cappuccino, etc., etc. Can you believe that? Only in the Philippines. It's more fun in the Philippines, isn't it? You know, so you should go, okay? Bending machine, okay? Okay. I wonder what they did. So you put the coffee, they bend it or something like that? But it was, it was wonderful coffee, by the way. I really loved it, okay? But, you know, seriously, you know, that trip was not about, you know, going places and seeing it, but rather God allowed us to visit and become part of a leadership conference called Make Him Known. You know, make God known. I was part of this conference. It was a privilege. And I, I had a lot of learnings. And on top of that, we were, we were part of a missions conference. All of the missionaries from different parts of the world came. Okay? And this was our picture in CCT Tagaytay. And as you can see, everybody looks Asian and Indian. And you, you, I, I don't have a close-up picture, but trust me, Grace and I are there, okay? And, and you know, we met a lot of people, and, you know, and it, it, was, it was really humbling because, you know, God showed me that, you know, um, we, are part of, we are part of a movement, a worldwide globe, uh, global movement of disciple-making churches. And it was, it was wonderful. CCF's mission of reaching the world and making him known has been recasted as far as I am personally. I got, I got convicted all over again. And then I discovered that CCF LA, that's us. Us. Okay? We are part 
of a growing global disciple-making movement. And you know, I was thrilled. I was thrilled. And make no mistake about it, we are here not because we are, the, we are doing church. No, we're here because we have a mission. The world out there needs to know Him. And you know, what, what really shocked me was all of these people had little resources. Some are in countries where they're not even allowed to share the gospel. Some are in countries where they're hiding, you know, be, so, because they can be persecuted. Some, when they found out, you know, their families turned their back against them and they gave them up. And they were, here they were continuing what they were doing, which is to share God's love to people in their nation. And here I was, from the United States, having fun, it, because the United States, it's so nice to be here, isn't it? Everything is here. Everything is like, you, it's open. You can, you, can, you can worship freely. You can meet freely. Yet, we take all of those things for granted. And all of these people just really make me realize how blessed we are here in, in, in the United States. But, of course, a big but. You know, God convicted me, and I think we should do something about our situation here. Because if those people are committed to spread the gospel in their place, I think we should do the same thing here in the United States. No less. You know, one of the things that really struck me was that Sunday, you know, it was called the Mission Sunday. Everybody was on the stage and they were carrying their flags. Okay? And Grace and I said, what are we going to do? Grace said, let's go. Let's carry a flag. What flag? American flag. American. American. I'm not even blonde. Okay? And so I said, it's okay, okay. Grace said, okay, let's do it. So I was asked to carry an American flag, okay? As I was approaching, as I was approaching Pastor Nathan, okay, the real American, he was looking at me. What are you doing with my flag? I said, it's my flag, okay? Yeah, you look very blonde. But, you know, as we were going up and declaring one country after country, the word, we will make him known in Nepal for the Nepalese. We will make him known in, in India for the Indians. When my turn came, you know, I thought it was going to be easy, but it was difficult. I was choking. You know, I did that for three times. I was supposed to do it five times, but I did it for three times. The first time, I choked. I said, we will make him known in the United States. And my voice trembled because God helped me. Because if I say those words... I was serious to myself that I was going to make it. And the third time, God gave me the right word to say. And I said, we will make him known again in the United States. You know, because, folks, the gospel has reached the United States. You know that. But you and I know that Christianity is falling in the United States. And many people don't like to become Christians anymore because of what's happening to the Christians today. And I think we ought to do a good job in making him known again here in the United States, no less. That convicted me, and I was choking, and I was telling God, now I know the reason why you made me step up there is to convict me, to tell the people with me here in CCFLA that we have a job to do. We have to make him known again in the USA. Seriously, we have a job before us, and I'm excited. I hope you are, because this is for all of us. So, folks, welcome back. Let's make disciples who make disciples, starting here in CCFLA, because that's the only way we can make him known again in the USA. I will say that again. That's the only way we can make him known again here in the USA, by making disciples who will make disciples. And that's what I'm going to talk about this morning. Why? Why the Great Commission? We want to obey the Great Commission. And you know, it's right here at the back. CCFLA stands for what? Going, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, this is the key word. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Teaching them. That's the key word. 
Making disciples is about teaching each and every single one of us to obey. You know, unless we do that, we cannot make him known anywhere we are. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm appealing to you. This is not an accident. We're here because we share the same vision. And we are here because we will make disciples and teach those people to observe all that Jesus commanded them. And you know, and I ask myself the question, why this command of God for disciples to make disciples? And I discovered all over again this principle. Because discipleship, teaching disciples to obey all of God's commands, also known as Christ-likeness. The only way that we can be Christ-like is for us to make disciples. You know, we sang the song, Anayon, Sarah, Heaven on Earth, was that? Heaven come? Let heaven come. You know, as I was singing that, that's exactly what discipleship means. Discipleship, discipleship is not a theoretical thing that, you know, we cannot get hold of. You know, actually, we were saved not just for us to go to heaven. The reason why you and I were saved is to bring heaven here. And the only way for people to see that heaven is here is when you and I are Christ-like. Yes or no? People are no longer seeing heaven on earth. And that's what we're missing. And I thought that discipleship is the key. It is God's prescribed way to help bring about salvation and change to this fallen, broken, lost world and even nations. Do you agree? You know, if you agree with me, then I think it's about time for us to be serious about discipleship. We have been talking about discipleship for the last two years. And you know what? I will shut my mouth and start doing what we're supposed to do. And this message this morning is all about that. God convicted me. As I was carrying that flag, you know, we're not joking anymore. You know, the world is dying, and we have to do something about our condition. And you might say, Pastor Dandaman, we're so few. California is so big. I don't care. He said, I will be with you even to the end of the age. And all I have to do, folks, all I have to do is to be Christ-like and make other people Christ-like. And that way, I will make him known. No wonder. Great guys who are committed to discipleship, what do they say? Intentional disciple-making is the key to global evangelization. No less than Edmund Chan. He believes that the only way we can make him known is what? Through discipleship. And making him known is what we need to do. True disciples make what? Good witnesses. Question is, are you and I good witnesses? And that's what I'm going to talk about this morning. And hopefully, you know, you will share the same thing, the same burden as I, as God has laid in my heart. Discipleship will make us good witness. Say that to each other. Discipleship will make us good witness. Come on. Discipleship will make us good witness. It's hot. I thought America is cold. Fact. As believers of Jesus Christ, we possess the power that is the Holy Spirit to be good witnesses. Yes or no? That's, that, this, is, this is the message last week. Right? Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. What does a witness do? Mike, what does a witness do? He tells something about something that he sees, right? So witnesses, both in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and even the remotest part of the earth. So our, our being believers does not stop in our going to heaven, period. Our being believers start when we realize that we have a job to do, okay? Ike, we are supposed to be witnesses. We're supposed to talk about Jesus to all the people around and make him known. And then it says here in Matthew 5.14, Jesus said, You know what, folks? You are the light of the world. Let 
your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Wow. Many times we forget this. And I'd like to show you a video just to, you know, pinch your heart, hopefully, on what it means to make us known, make him known. We need to shine. We need to make him known. The world today is in darkness, believe it or not. You may not be aware of it. Maybe your life is just so insulated. You're living a life where you're okay. But if you look around you, the world is in darkness. And we need to shine. And the only way that we can shine, believe it or not, is if we commit ourselves to discipleship, to Christ-likeness, to bring heaven on earth for people to see that we bring the light that this world has been losing for a while. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 to 12, it says, You are a chosen race. That's you, you and I. You and I are a chosen race, according to Peter. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own. For what reason? So that you may proclaim the virtues of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You once were not a people, but now you're God's people. You were shown no mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to keep away from fleshly desires that do battle against the soul and maintain good conduct among the non-Christians, so that though they may malign you as wrongdoers, they may see your deed and glorify God when he appears. How awesome is that? Guys, we're called to make him known. That's our job. We just don't come to church, attend Bible studies, go home, give our tithes, that's it. No. He called us to make him known. That's our job. And until we do that, this world will continue in darkness. I hope I'm not the only one sounding like I'm passionate about this. My job is for you to be able to see it the way God sees it so that we will do it together. CCFLA, as small as we are, we can make a difference. You and I can make a difference if we commit to discipleship, to Christ's likeness that will change all of us. We were saved to make him known. We were saved to be good witnesses. 
We were saved to be good witnesses for Christ through discipleship that creates Christ-likeness. See, I'm going to go over and over again. Are you and I Christ-like already? Is Christ-likeness apparent in our midst so that we can become good witnesses so that He will be known in the world? If you cannot even answer that right now, maybe this message is for all of us. You know, I was told that the job of the preacher is to comfort the afflicted. If you're afflicted, I'd like to comfort you now. But it's also the job of the preacher to afflict the comfortable. If you're comfortable right now, I would like to afflict you with the fact that there is a job for us to do. And that job for us to do is to make Him known. And we need to be Christ-like through discipleship. What is discipleship? This has been shared with you over and over again. And as we read this again this morning, please don't just read it and let it pass. I want you to take it seriously because we need to be able to do this. We need to understand what discipleship is at the very core. What does it say? Discipleship, let's read it together, is the process Okay? Now, those, these are the visuals that you can see right now. Believe, right there. As you can see, it's kulang. We only have two, right? Believe and grow. You know what? We will not put the word multiply, boogie. We will not put the word multiply until, okay, until we believe and really grow. And I'm going to talk about that today. And once we put the word multiply there, I hope you've gotten the message. The discipleship is all about the process of bringing people to Christ, salvation, and then letting them grow into Christ-likeness, grow for the purpose of what? Multiplication. And when, that, when, when, when we multiply leaders, believe me, the movement is there and Christ and God is glorified. We want to make him known again in the USA. Is that okay with you? The USA has forgotten Jesus Christ. In fact, they're writing off Jesus Christ already. And we need to make him known again in the USA. If it will start here in Pasadena, so be it. If it will take us 100 years to do it and we're all dead, let's be glorified. Let, let God be glorified in what we're doing because we're doing what we're supposed to do. We're not going to let go. And we need to make disciples who will make disciples starting here with us. I'm looking at you. This is not my burden. I think this is the burden of God. And I would like to share this with you. And I hope you are with me in this one. Being discipled to be Christ-like. That's what it means. If you're not Christ-like today, maybe you don't understand. And you're not even, you don't, you're not even being discipled. You have, don't have a clue of what discipleship is. Okay? Discipleship is the process of making you and I Christ-like. It's like bringing heaven on earth. People will see how different we are. Being discipled to be Christ-like makes us good witnesses. There's no other way to declare the gospel and to make Jesus known except to be discipled. Right, Char? If you will be discipled, you'll become Christ-like. You will make Jackie Christ-like, and Jackie will make Emilio Christ-like, okay? <laughs> and then Emilio will make Gita Christ-like, and so on and so forth. And you know, the next thing you know, the light is so bright. People have no choice except to see Jesus in our midst. Our social world is not getting any better, is it? Guys, let me ask you a question. Is our world getting any better? Be honest, okay? Of course, if you're isolated and you are just going to work and enjoying everything, you might say, I don't care. We're good. But if you're going to be honest and find out what's going on around you, you will agree with me that our social world is not getting any better. Look at this. There's too much bad witness out there, even among professing Christians. They call themselves Christians, but if you take a look at their lives, there's no Christ-likeness and they're bad witness. And sometimes they don't even care. This is the way I've been, you know. I'm a sinner saved by grace. They keep on saying that. And then in the Philippines, 
Tao lang po. Tao lang po. Okay? Sinasabi nila. Okay? Why? It's a cop out for doing what God wants us to do because we say that it's an excuse because God will understand anyway. Christians no longer want to become Christians because of bad witness. You know, teenagers, 80% of teenagers in this country, when they enter college, what do they do? They change their faith. You know, I'm looking at you young people today. You know, I'm so glad you're singing praise and worship. My prayer is that you will continue your faith when you get on to college and when you finish. Because 80% in this country give up their faith because they no longer believe in what their parents believe. You know why? Because the parents give bad examples. If we parents give good examples, believe me, these young people will continue in their faith. That's the reality. Christians no longer give the kind of witness that they're supposed to give. Why? Because they're not being discipled. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you're in the right place. Because we want you to understand what discipleship is, and I mean it, I talked to Pastor Rinsong about it, we are going to do a good job this time of discipling every single one of us, including myself. We will no longer pay lip service to the word discipleship, we are going to make ourselves Christ-like because of this. That's the reason why non-Christians do not want to become Christians anymore. What for? What's the difference? If you Christians look that way and you behave this way, might as well not become any Christians at all, right? And I can understand their logic. You know, hey, this is not, this is not, this is not feel-good message, okay? I admit to you this is not feel-good message, but once in a while, we need to be reminded we need to be shaken because the world out there is lost and Jesus needs to be known. Christians no longer want to become Christians because, sorry, non-Christians no longer want to become Christians because there's no difference that they see among Christians. All this because the church, the leaders of the church, and I mean pastors, leaders of the church, Christians, they lack discipleship. They pay lip service to discipleship, but nothing is being done. Why? Because Christians are not Christ-like. I don't know with you, but if you say that you are the exception, praise God for you. But if you're like me, you feel like, yes, there's so much to be done as far as Christ-likeness is concerned. And I hope the Holy Spirit will just speak to us this morning and make us the kind of Christians that we need to be. Too many selfish people out there, including those who profess to be Christians, while Christ-like selfless people are lacking. Why? Romy, why? Atisu, why? Why are there so many selfish people out there and lacking in Christ-like Christians that will show the light to the world? Why? No discipleship. People People pay lip service to discipleship. There's a true story. You know, two guys, they belong to the same church. This is a true story. Okay? Um, they started right. Um, they, they were serving each other's needs. One is a contractor. They belong to the same church. One is a contractor, and the other one is a skilled worker. Okay? They both need each other, right? So the skilled worker worked for the contractor for three days. He was a skilled worker. So after that, he was supposed to collect the payment for about $200 working for three days from the contractor. The contractor was not able to pay because he experienced some financial problems. All right? So the skilled worker went to the pastor and told, and told, told his pastor, Pastor, uh, contractor Romy did not pay me. Okay? And, uh, you know, uh, he owed me $200 because I work, you know. And these are both Christians in the same church. And then the pastor said, what happened? So, you know, he told the story. It's about this person not having any money to pay. And then the pastor said, you know what? Um, why don't you just forgive him the debt? Because into a situation right now. Christ would do the same thing. You know, if it were Christ, he would probably forget and forgive the $200 debt. You know what this guy said? The guy said, I'm not Christ. 
he left the church. Alright? Uh, why? Christians profess to be Christians, but when they're confronted with an opportunity to be Christ-like, say, I am not Christ. Familiar? Aren't we sometimes like that? When we're asked to forgive someone, we say, no, I'm hurt too much. But Christ will do that. I'm not Christ. We are so quick to give that reply. I am not Christ. To be able to avoid getting into a situation where we are going to become or give good witness to other people. My question is this. Is not Christ-likeness God's will for his children? Yes or no? If Christ-likeness is God's will for his children, then how come we're struggling to become Christ-like? When we have the opportunity to become Christ-like, we say, ah, sayo yan, I'm not Christ. Neither are you, by the way. Right? We are so quick to give a judgment on people so that people, we don't have to do what we're expected to do. Right? Look at this verse. Scriptures say it's God's will that we become Christ-like. Very clear. Romans 8.29 For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son. How clear is that? How clear is that? Very clear, right? For those he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. Jesus Christ is the firstborn, but we are the brothers, therefore we should also be Christ-like. That's God's will for us. And how come when we're asked to forgive the other person and write off his death, we're saying, I'm so hurt and I'm not Christ, by the way. John 9.5, Jesus speaking. Jesus said, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And you know what he said? To us, he said this to us, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now tell me, the scriptures say we have to become Christ-like, Hill? Absolutely. It's so clear. There's no denying that God wants us to be Christ-like. And yet, when we are confronted and given the opportunity to practice Christ-likeness, what do, you, what do you say? What do most people say? I'm not Christ. That's why I can do what I want to do. Wow. What a tragedy, isn't it? I'm not Christ. I am not Christ. Why do people keep saying that? There is something missing. And this morning, I would like you to see that. So that at the end of this message, when you go out of there, I hope you will not say, I am not Christ. In fact, you'll say, I am Christ-like. Big difference. Most are not yet Christ-like, period. There is a process. You know, many people, when they get saved, that's it. They want to go to heaven. Uh, to them, that's finished. What about the process of maturing? They forget about it. As a result, they cease to grow in Christ-likeness. And the reason for that, folks, is what? Lack of actual discipleship. Again, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're in good company because we're going to launch actual discipleship after this message. Whether you like it or else, okay? We will go through discipleship because that's what we need to do. Even if it's uncomfortable for you guys, because that's what is required. Many people are just so unchristlike. You know? Hello? When you drive, are you like that? Huh? You know, you're so angry, you're so divisive. You don't, you don't give any situation where you will have to show the people that you are a good person. What about this? Lack of self-control, okay? You know? Or even shoplifting, as the case may be, okay? Or what you call verbal abuse, okay? Right? Yeah, that's the best picture of verbal abuse I can come up with. You know, guys, you may not be aware of it, but I'm guilty of it. We are so careless with our words that we actually verbally abuse our spouse. 
We are so careless with our words that we actually verbally, verbally abuse our children. And you know, ladies, you too, you may not be aware of it. As gentle as you are, you can be guilty of verbal abuse as well. And yet, we come to church Sunday after Sunday, attending Bible studies as if nothing happens. My point, we lack Christ-likeness, period. And we need Christ-likeness for Him to be known. And we need to start doing that by real, honest-to-goodness discipleship. Most are not yet Christ-like. Lack of actual discipleship. Many are so quick to say, Mike, I'm not Christ. If Christine will tell you, why did you not? I'm not Christ. Okay. You can give an excuse like that. And you know, by the way, the contractor, the contractor in that story, right? The pastor called the contractor and he told the contractor, hey, you know, you owe your brother 200. Did you know that? I know, but pastor, I ran out of money and I have cash flow problems and I'm really willing to pay. And you know, the pastor said, you know what? How about if you sell your pickup, which is so flashy anyway, sell it and get an older pickup so that when you get the money, okay, give it to the person you owe $200 with. And you know what the person said? I'm not Christ. He left the church too. Tragic. And many times we're like that. We are not aware of it, but we're like that. You know, it's so easy for us to say, you know, sorry, my temper flew. My words are harsh, but that's me. Sinner, saved by grace. Come on. Stop it. We have the opportunity to be Christ-like, period. And we don't do it because we don't subject ourselves to honest-to-goodness discipleship. My question is this. And it's a serious question. And I would like you to answer me straight, look at me, looking at me in the eye. Is it realistic then? Or is it possible then for people to be like Christ in daily living today? If your answer is no, then there's no point about living a Christian life and being Christ-like. If your answer is just like the other person, you say, I'm not Christ. I'm only tao lang po. Sinner saved by grace. Pasensyahan nyo na. Bukas, ganun na naman. Tao lang po. No? Paulit-ulit. You know? It's as if, it's as if, you know, we're doing it like a license. And we use it as an excuse because anyway, we're going to heaven and while we're here, you know, God will give me the grace to be able to do that. What's your answer? Is it then realistic or possible for people to be like Christ in daily living? Hello? Okay, let me give you a test. How many of you here believe that you can live like Christ, meaning sinless for one whole month? Straight, raise your hand. Wow. Oh, come on, raise your hand. Okay, only one person did. Does only one person believe that that's possible then? And you said yes. Right? Okay. One month is too difficult, right, Nate? How about, sige, one week? One week, pwede? Right? Wala pa rin. Sinless for one week. Wala pa rin. So, you're one of those guys who say, you know, I try, but, you know, I'm not Christ. Okay. Is that your quick answer? What about one day? What about one hour? Please, one hour. Right? At least, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay? At least a kid will say one hour, I can do that. What about the rest of us? Theoretical na lang ba tayo? Is that what's going to happen? And yet you say it's realistic or possible to live like Christ daily today. And if I ask you to be sinless for one month, ah, hindi ako yan. Okay, I'm not Christ. Guys, we are missing something here. Right? Christ saved you not just to go to heaven. Christ saved you to bring heaven here and to be Christ-like here. And it's possible by the power of the Holy Spirit if you allow discipleship to touch your life. Without discipleship, that's not going to happen. Am I communicating? 
Exactly my point. Most of us do not believe Christ-likeness is possible in this life. And therefore, discipleship is theoretical. Here we go again. Okay, Pastor Insong will repeat. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Tapos. Next week, uulitin na naman natin. Okay? What's going to happen to us if we keep doing this and not actually going to discipleship? You know, when I was in Manila, God spoke to me. If there's a way that we can make Him known, again in the United States, we have to be serious about discipleship. We have to be serious about making each other become Christ-like. Because if we don't, then we are just going to be another church who's going to be a skeleton, empty museum when the time comes. But when we do, we will multiply. We will see a movement of people bringing heaven to earth because people will see the light of Christ-likeness in us. That's why there is not much Christ-likeness around even among Christians. It is not realistic nor possible for people to be like Christ in daily living. They say, I am not Christ. You are not Christ either. You know, if I offer you my time, I'm available. I will disciple you. And then I make a mistake. Okay? You'll be disappointed with me, right? And then you will say, I told you so. You're not Christ. Okay? You see, if we're going to allow this thinking to get in the way, we will never be able to help each other. Right? We will not progress. We need to disengage and disabuse our thinking of this fact. Take away, I am not Christ. Take away, you are not Christ either. Take away the words, we're all sinners saved by grace. Take away that language because it's not going to help us to make him known. If we're going to make a difference in this world, we have to start talking seriously about getting rid of this language. My fellow church members, do not expect me to be perfect. Neither do I expect it to be perfect. Ergo, low expectation from each other. How bad is that? Oh, Romy just sinned. Oh, it's okay. I expected that. Ganon na lang ba yon? Okay? Mike said something wrong to Paula. Paula was hurt. And then, eh, tao lang siya. Pabayaan mo na. Is that the way we're gonna do it? No. Discipleship demands that we talk to him and say, bro, what happened? What happened? Where is Christ in all of this? Oh, I'm sorry. You know, let's pray together so that we can help one another so that you can become Christ-like as I want to become Christ-like. Does that make sense to you? Yet again, is not Christ-likeness God's will for His children? If it's God's will for His children, for Christ's sake, let's do it. And let's not make any excuses that it cannot be done. Look at the reminder. Okay? Look at the reminder, Jay. You are a chosen race. Huh? Look at you. You're so mestizo. You're a chosen race. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A people of his own. You've got to know who you are. If you know how special you are, then you can proclaim. What, what do you proclaim? You can proclaim the virtues of the one who called you out of darkness into light. You know, we were once in darkness, right? We were once destined to go to hell, right? But God brought us into the light. Now that you know that you are chosen, now that you know that you are saved, what do you do? Tell people that I am in the light and no longer in darkness. Will, that, will they believe that? Yes, they will believe that if you are consistent with what you say and what you do. But if you are a hypocrite, they will not believe that. Much worse if you say, I am not Christ. You're not Christ either. Or sinners saved by grace. You keep doing that over and over again. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Guys, we have no choice. For us to make Jesus Christ known, we have to be Christ-like. We have to be Christ-like. Dennis, we have to be Christ-like. Right? We have no choice. Until 
we disabuse ourselves of the mindset that Christ-likeness is not realistic, nor possible for us Christians in this life today because of our imperfections and our sinners. Until we disabuse ourselves of this fact, then, guys, discipleship, however serious, however intentional, may not be possible here and now for us, even here in CCFLA. Do you get me? We have to disabuse ourselves that discipleship is not possible. In fact, we should tell ourselves discipleship and Christ-likeness is doable. Is it doable? Give me a feedback. Wala pa. Mahina pa rin, okay? Are you Christ? <laughs> no, you're not Christ. I know. We struggle. But disabuse ourselves how? And I discovered the best way for you to disabuse yourselves of this is what? Know that Jesus was fully man too. You know, it's easy for us to say, oh, God is perfect. You know, Jesus is perfect. I'm not. You know what we're missing? We're missing the Jesus is man curriculum in our training. Jesus too was a man. He was fully man, but he was fully God. But because he was fully man, let us not draw ourselves into a situation and conclusion that we cannot do what he did because he is God. No, we can do it because he was a man. Let me prove that to you. In fact, look at what Paul is saying in Philippians 2, 5 to 8. Have this attitude in yourselves which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard himself, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. He emptied himself, taking the form of a bond servant, being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Can you imagine Jesus at the point of death on the cross saying, I'm not Christ. I don't want to do that. Where will we be? Right? I submit to you, did Jesus suffer just like we are suffering every time we're being asked to forgive people? Every time we're supposed to do something good that makes it difficult for us? Did Jesus suffer? Answer, yes. In the Garden of Gethsemane, let me prove that to you. In the Garden of Gethsemane, look what Jesus said. Father, remember, he's man. I want you to disabuse yourself that he is God, you know, when he was here on earth. I want you to think like he is like Henry, like Ike, like, like Dion, okay, like Dennis. He said, Father, if you are willing, Remove this cup from me. Why? Because he knew he was going to be crucified. He knew he was going to suffer. He knew it was going to be painful, right? And he could have said, I'm not Christ, I'm out of here. He could have said that. But you know what he said? Look at the next line. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. What do you call that? Obedience. Many times, when we are told to forgive someone, forgive the person of his 200 death, you can do that because you are, you are a Christian. What do you say? No, it's hard. You don't understand what I'm going through. We don't obey. Whereas Jesus said, yet not my will, but yours be done. And you know what? If you go down to verse 44, it says, still in agony, he was praying very fervently. His sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. You tell me, was he a man? Did he suffer? Yes. Until we understand that Jesus Christ was fully man, we will never be able to appreciate what it means to be Christ-like when we are called to be Christ-like. Because it's easy for us to say, oh, Jesus is perfect. He can do it. I can't. Please, don't push it on me. But when you understand that Jesus Christ himself went through it, had a difficult time going through it, okay, then you will understand. You know, we, we need to exercise our imagination about Christ. When Jesus Christ was growing, okay, when he was a, growing, uh, a boy growing in Nazareth as a carpenter, 
as a son of the carpenter. Don't you think he, he was also trying to use a nail and try to drive a nail into a wood? Don't you think he, he probably hit himself too on the hand? Or he probably did something wrong and have made something which is not squalado or something like that? He was not perfect because he was fully man. And yet, and yet, what does he say? Follow me. Come, follow me. Right? Why? Because that's exactly what he wants us to do. In his humanity, he wants us to follow his being Christ-like as a human person. And if we start doing that, believe me, discipleship becomes realistic. Discipleship will become realistic because you and I will fail like men, but you and I will accept. We'll accept that we will stand up, fix it, correct it, and do what God wants us to do to be conformed to the image and likeness of His Son. If Paul thinks, if Paul thinks being Christ-like can be done, then it can be done. Right? Do you think Paul believes that Christ-likeness can be done? Look at him. 1 Corinthians 11.1 Paul speaks, You should imitate me as I imitate Christ. What is Paul trying to tell us here? Is it possible? Absolutely. Let us paraphrase this, okay? Let me paraphrase this. Paraphrase means I want to say it in my own words, and I hope you get it. You imitate, you should imitate me as I imitate Christ. It's like this. Copy me, okay? I follow Christ. I think like Christ. I talk like Christ. Live like Christ. I look like Christ already such that people mistake me for Christ all over again. If I can do it, you can do it. That's the way Paul wants us. And it, until and until and when we are able to say that, we will always say discipleship is not for us. And Christ-likeness is something that we cannot get hold of. Guys, 12 ordinary and seminaried men. They didn't even go to Fuller. They didn't even go to Dallas. Right? They were 12 and seminaried men. They simply came and they followed Jesus. And they spent time with Jesus. And guess what? They changed the world. They turned the world upside down and they demonstrated Christ-likeness par excellence. You understand what I'm saying? If those guys can do it, hey, we can do it. Right? Unseminaried. God uses ordinary people. And we are all ordinary people here. Like it or not. Ordinary people. Ordinary people. Just come, follow Jesus. That's discipleship. So simple. I would like to make myself available to you. My wife will make, would want to make herself available to you. Every leaders that you, we have here would want ourselves available to you so that you can, we can show you what it means to come and follow Jesus. We will not be perfect, but we will be committed to show you that it can be done. You know, I had the privilege of doing that when I was in Manila. Uh, I was asked to mediate between two people. It's a really, really nasty situation. And I prayed and I asked the person, why me? He said, because you know them both. Maybe they will listen to you. Okay? It's a very difficult reconciliation story. Long story short, I put them together. We prayed and I only asked for one thing. I simply asked them, before we do anything else, let's try to identify who we are. We are children of God, yes or no? We love Christ, right? And they, said, they both said yes, okay? We are Christ-like, right? And they both said yes. So how come we cannot forgive each other? Long story short, they hug each other and forgave each other. That's discipleship. That's discipleship because people will see, okay, who they are and they will understand what it means to give up their rights and not say, I'm not Christ. They would rather follow what Jesus wants them to do and be reconciled. Being actually an intentional disciple to be Christ-like makes us good witness to make him known. Our world will become better. Don't you think so? 
you know, if, if we just behave like Christ at this very moment in our home, don't you think our home will become better? The people around us will love us. Spouse will love one another. Children will love their parents. Parents will love their children. If only we become Christ-like. Picture it. Becoming people of grace. Serving one another. Humility. Gentleness. Forgiveness. You can describe all of these things and put it in your home. In our midst. That's Christ-likeness, isn't it? Don't you think we can show the world what it means to have light around us? I can go on. You know, you can do many things. You can dance the Gangnam, okay, if you like, okay? You know, to get the attention of people, it's up to you. But you know what I'm saying? These are people who testified for God. They declared Christ's likeness, and they were good witnesses who made him known. You know what? Actually and intentionally discipled to be Christ-like. And we can do the same. I appeal to you. Get rid and disabuse yourself of the fact that we cannot live like Christ here on earth and discipleship can take its root, actual and intentional, and we can become Christ-like. CCFLA, here's my last point. Let's get started in actual and intentional, not theoretical, discipleship. Okay? Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, it is worth it. Our families will be happier, our neighborhood will be brighter, and our light will shine. Decide today to be a good witness. You tell yourself, I'll be a good witness. Christ-like and all to make him known. Decide today. Decide today that actual discipleship is possible and it is God's will for you. Decide today. It is God's will for me and I will not give an excuse. I will not say to people, I'm not Christ. I will not say to people, uh, sinners saved by grace, please forgive me. I will not tell to people that you're tao lang po. Okay? Makasalanan po, tao lang po. Okay? Stop doing that. Decide today that discipleship is for you and it's God's will for you. If Paul can do it, you can. We can. We're serious. Inform CCF LA leadership. And I mean, you need to inform us. If you, if God has spoken to you today and you want to make a bold step to be discipled, we need you to give us a feedback. We need to get started. I know we paid lip service to this for the past six months and I was telling Pastor Insong, Pastor Insong, forgive me, I'm going to start, you know, really pushing hard this time because I think we need to be able to do it to have an impact in the world we live. Inform CCF leadership that you want to be discipled. So you can disciple others in the future. You will be put in a D group under a discipler. We will get organized. Uh, Edwin and uh, uh, the people in IT will help us organize where we will be depending on the situation. And there will be disciplers looking over people so that you can be equipped. As a first step, as a first step, all of us, look at me, all of us, children, old, young, rich, poor, all of us in this room will go through the GLC. GLC is wonderful. Making disciples. Family life. CCF DNA. Personal development. Biblical foundation. They're all here, guys. And all we have to do is to make ourselves available so that if we go through this, we will start our step to becoming the kind of leaders Christ-like that will make our lives shine in the whole world. It's here. And I would like to ask Edwin to be our GLC coordinator. Okay? All of us without exception. You can do it online, but you have to let us know. You can come here, we will teach you, we will have to go through this. You know why? Once you go through the GLC, you will feel equipped to be able to live a Christ-like way so that you can start teaching others. And believe me, it is possible. They're doing it in the U.S., in, in the Philippines, and all of us, CCF, must go through 
GLC levels 1 and 2 at the very least. Levels 1 is believe and grow. Before we can go to multiply, we will have to finish levels 1 and 2. Is that okay? Will you commit to participate in this if you really want to become part of a disciple-making movement? Amen? Right? All of us, including you. Okay? Including you, children. You know, then you will graduate. We will certify you. Pastor Peter will come here. By hook or by crook, we'll bring him here. Okay? To give you your uh, certificate. That certificate means nothing, believe me, if you don't apply it in your life. But at least it's the first step. Okay? A church without discipleship, let me close with this one, is like this. A church, a spectator church with a few professionals and a lot of babies. A lot of churches today are like that. The pastors and the staff are professionals. The rest are babies. Immature Christians saying, I'm not Christ. I cannot forgive. You know, I'll wait for God to be face to face before I can forgive you. You know, that's crazy. You know, a church without discipleship is like that, and we don't want to do that in CCF LA. Very much like a football coach who describes a football game. Thousands sit in the stands in desperate need of exercise, while 22 men are on the football field in desperate need of rest. You know what? If you all finish the GLC, you will be good leaders, and we will all move together at a pace where we will be shocked by the way God will use us. You know, God is glorified because many leaders will do it, not just one or two. If you let me or Pastor Insong do it or Pastor Reggie do it, we will die. I will go vacation again in the Philippines. Okay? <laughs> but if you tell me you want to finish it, we will do it and we will finish the work that God has set before us. So CCFLA, let's make him known again in the USA. Okay? Let's make disciples who will make disciples starting here in CCFLA. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you for allowing me to go to Manila to see how those other missionaries are doing it in spite of the limited resources that they have. Lord, we thank you that we are in the United States where, where, where things are nice. Everything is here. There's freedom. But Lord, at the same time, it's a curse for us because we can be so comfortable in where we are and not just do anything that will expand your kingdom. Father, I pray that your spirit has convicted us today so that we will make a commitment, Lord, to be Christ-like. And the only way we can do that is to embrace discipleship. We may not even fully understand it, Lord, but Lord Jesus, he, you made it clear. All we have to do is to come, come to you, and then follow you. Lord, if there's any one of us here right now who cannot even come to you because we don't know you, I pray that you will speak to them right now. If you're here right now and you don't even know how to come to Jesus, maybe this is the time for you to say, Lord Jesus, I really want to be Christ-like. I want to make, make a difference in this world today. And I want to tell you I'm a sinner. I want to go to heaven, but at the same time, I want to be Christ-like here and now. Say that to Jesus right now. And that's your first step of coming to Christ. And then after that, you just let the Spirit move you on to the next level of discipleship. And we are here as your CCF family to take care of seeing you grow in Christ's likeness so that you will multiply, multiply over and over again to make Jesus known and let your light shine. Father, we just want to thank you for all of us who have come to you and we are now in the process of just deciding to follow you. Lord, enough of I am not Christ. Enough of I, you are not Christ either. Enough of I'm a sinner saved by grace. I would like to see you as you have done it, Lord. As Paul said it, imitate me as I follow Christ. Lord, it can be done, and I know it will be done. It is just our decision right now, Lord, as a church, as a body, to do what you want us to do. If it, if it will require that we surrender all the things that we do and just commit to finish GLC, Lord, so be it. And I pray that you will enable each and every one of us. Arrange our schedule in such a way, Lord, that we will be equipped to become the kind of men and women who will demonstrate that Christ-likeness is possible here and now so that we can impact our lives. Father, we want to thank you for this message, and I pray that as we step out of this place, you'll keep us do what we want us to do and what we've committed.
Also, Lord, we're here and we lift up to you our sister Lynette. Lord, she's in the hospital right now and thank you, by the way, for the kidney that you've given her. Lord, thank you. You're so good and faithful to Pastor Insong and Lynette and their family. And I pray, Father, even now, that you touch that kidney too, that it will become 100% functional so that you and you alone will get the glory, O oh God. Thank you because we know, Lord, when that thing happens, you will use them in a mighty way that they have never been used before. And I know, Father, Christ's likeness will, will emanate, will shine in that family. And I pray, Father, even now, that you heal the net completely and allow her to be with us next week, even. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Uh,